Look at this, Empires of the Future Between Two Pines. That's right. It's a Christmas special. <laughs> we'll have a few of them, I suppose. Let's hope it's better than the Star Wars Christmas special. Oh, yeah, they have a new one now. Uh, they made a Lego version. Right, they're trying to redeem yeah. like, the worst part of Star Wars. Yeah. Hey, man, Star Wars is uh, Star Wars is good right now. Mandalorian is great and very happy, and I enjoy it every week I watch it, and very satisfying. I'm hearing that it's good, and I'm going to get to it eventually. I've seen like half of the first season of The Mandalorian. I think it's great. I think it's, uh, it's like a small story, an interesting character. So, yep. yeah, I'm for it. I think it's going to be a great and thing. And Baby Yoda's great, especially if you have a little baby because the baby looks like Baby Yoda. Right. And our baby like, oh, look, that's what Baby Yoda would do. So I think about getting him a Baby Yoda shirt and just do full Baby Yoda as he grows up and is cute. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be great. It's a great. So. So today, um, we're talking about some good news about teenagers. If uh, I, I was really glad when you sent me this article, uh, not only because it's good news about teenagers, but if you have kept up with how teenagers are doing um, for the last, say, 10, 15 years, um, the news has not been good. Uh, depression. Depression and, is yeah. high and, and, uh, and rising. Um, as evidenced by things like self-harm, suicide rates. So hard data has been showing that uh, teenagers have, have just been having a hard time in uh, the past, say, 15 years or so. Um, and anxiety is known to be uh, high. And so this article by Erica Commissar uh, called The Lockdowns Have a Bright Side for Teens uh, is some good news. Yeah, some really good news. It's always, you have to, when you read the newspaper, this isn't even on the weekend article. This was like on, during the week. Mm -hmm. and sometimes if you go to the editorials and you don't just quickly go, oh, I'm not interested in it, you just kind of look at all the articles, you may find some gems here that get kind of hidden at the bottom of the back page, right. which is where this was. And I saw that, and I'm like, oh, that's an interesting. We're in, you're in youth ministry, I'm in college ministry, uh, when a title is Lockdowns Have a Bright Side for right. Teens, you're like, whoa, what bright sides? I mean, you only kind of read about the, the dark and gloomy anxiety, depression. I've read some things, you probably have read some things about... Uh, kids are um, are showing signs of depression at earlier ages yeah. than ever, even like early middle school age, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we had talked about this an episode way back when about children and how like parents at different times, even children can be left alone in certain parts of the house, you know, like because they have to have their parents around them at all times. Right. Um, but uh, talking about teens who it seems like all they care about is whatever social media platform is popular and um, avoiding their parents. This is showing some of the bright sides and some of the positive things that has kind of enforced upon families because of COVID. Right. Uh, it's been uneven. One other thing we should mention about this is that this the effects of uh, anxiety has been uh, uneven between genders. It's been much harder on uh, girls than it has on boys. Uh, that's one of the reasons why they trace some of these problems to social media, social media. and uh, things that you mentioned. We talked in the past about phones, that, mm -hmm. that phones have a part that they play in this. And uh, one of the things that they've traced it to is that um, for boys, the Internet in particular, the kind of uh, 
everywhereness of the internet has mm-hmm. affected boys just in a couple of ways uh, negatively, right. and that is uh, untold amounts of gaming and uh, pornography right. available just at yeah at a whim. But then for young ladies, the problem has been uh, that a lot of uh, a lot of conflict among young girls happens socially, whereas mm. for young boys, they often have conflict directly, meaning they get into fights. Uh, Which we talked about a few weeks ago. <laughs> <It> makes sense. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, girls do this thing called reputation savaging. They attack each other's person. They attack each other's character wow. and yeah. try to destroy relationships, kind of indirect attacks, covert right. uh, sorts of attacks. Like which, mean girl stuff. Right. Right. Exactly. Which is actually a good movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It it's, is. I think it was written by Tina Fey. Go ahead. <laughs> and and you can see if you apply that to, I, I think one thing, often social media gets uh, positioned as the only enemy, but I think the cell phone itself, right. the ability to just communicate whether it is kind of the full-on old-style phone call or the text message right. or a, all of the other ways, right. this is the danger zone as far as kind of general typical female aggression because... Well, you know, if you just want to fire a sniper shot, you can shoot a text message. But if you just want, you know, uh, if you want a shotgun blast hitting a whole bunch of people, then use social media. I mean, right. you have various ways to attack right. someone. Right. And that's a problem. But back in the day, like, you know, you were bullied in the playground, right? You, you were physically in a playground with the bully in front of you. So you get away from the bully, you just ran away. Now, right. But now... It kind of goes to an interesting, the omnipresence of our lives now that we can be everywhere because of our phones, right? We can, social media, our social media profiles go everywhere, right? They can be viewed everywhere and and there is no limits to that. So you're always could be vulnerable to Mm -hmm. bullying uh, or having your character slandered at all times. And especially for, for females, you know, the good thing, (laughs) one of the positive thing I guess about boys is that we typically still kind of wrestle and punch in. You can't really do that on the meet on social media, but women could, with their words, right. can be very hateful and very um, uh, can bully other other girls or other women uh, through social media platforms or being able to find a photo and sending it to people that is um, humiliating or yeah. shameful in some ways. Um, so yeah, I think teens are. Um, you know, we have young children who aren't in that, that age, but that is always an age that is, you know, where parenting is really important, right? right? Because your kids are, have a little more freedom, a little more independence. Uh, they have more knowledge, um, and they're interacting with more people. Um, and their feelings are very much more exposed because we can kind of protect our children in a lot of ways. I mean, our kids don't have phones, right? They have no access to any type of online social media, right? So they're protected from that right. from that world, and we like to keep it that way, but eventually we won't be able to, right. you know? So. Yeah. so let me throw some numbers at you, Matt. Uh, this study finding that uh, improved mental health has uh, resulted from the lockdowns associated with the pandemic, according to the Institute for Family Studies, this study released in October found that 56% of 1,523 U.S. high school students surveyed between May and July of this uh, year, 2020, reported talking to their parents more often during quarantine than before. And here is uh, the data that they gathered. 54% said their families have dinner together more often. 
Uh, 46% reported spending more time with siblings. Uh, 68% said their families had become closer during the pandemic. There you go. 1,523 respondents is, you know, no small uh, number. Yeah, again, we don't know. I don't, they don't have like a, a like a, some type of, um, I don't know, footnote by which you could go access this study and right. say, like, who were the, who were the high school students? Right. I mean, they could have, hopefully they were able to survey, you know, multi-racial teenagers, right. different income levels as well. Um, because you could probably say, well, maybe white upper middle class you know they were maybe around their parents who have maybe they have a mom and a dad in the home and they're able to interact with their parents and but maybe another child whose mom works outside the home or she's a single mom or whatever it is maybe that you know they they don't spend as much time with their family so you hopefully that that the study is sure pretty comprehensive yep um but that is a that is a i don't know what it was before covid i'm not really sure if i have that data but i'm gonna guess it was as this, this the, the you know Erica wrote this article is obviously has probably access to this data uh, that is it's a bright side there's a there's a, a positive trend by which this COVID uh, season has now caused teenagers and parents to have to interact with one another right and actually live in the same proximity of one another on a more regular basis and actually have to have conversations and spend time together. So let me ask you what. What is it then? Um, you know, you and I are of the age now having our own kids that we have had the full realization that our parents are people. Uh, that yeah. wonderful thing that happens uh, sometime usually in your 20s where you kind of go, whoa, that's why, you know, yeah. some things went well and some things, you know, my parents didn't seem to know what to do with right. me in this situation. My parents are just people doing their best. Right. Um, what benefit do parents especially give things like this dinner table conversation uh, and, and, you know, siblings, too? Uh, I did not have siblings growing mm-hmm. up. So what benefits do you think come uh, from these times, man? Well, I think, you know, dinner is um, the one time in the day where everyone is seated uh there's very less distractions you know so and what do you do you eat and talk you're not watching television Mm -hmm. you're not um busy reading a book or doing work or homework or something like that you are your task is to sit eat and interact with the people around you right that's that's what we do at the dinner table um and there's a sense of uh, unity you know since we're all family we, we we're eating here we do this every day and we have conversations about our day. We have conversations about other things. Even with a four-year-old and a seven-year-old, me and my wife will have conversations about the okay. things that they like, or we right. talk about other things that you know. What do you what do you, what do you want for your for Christmas? What do you, we just kind of talk, right, mm-hmm. and and interact, and it's very positive. That your kids, you know, they laugh and and you laugh, and there's a very bonding. It's a, it's very bonding by mm-hmm. you know eating together. Um, that and so you don't really think about it, like how beneficial this is to them, right? But it does have a lot of benefit for them because, as someone who I mean, me and my wife both work outside the home, you know, really the dinner table is really the one place we're all together that we can just focus on each other, yep. right? And, um, and so, um, that's always a positive thing, you know, after dinner is always get ready for bed time, mm-hmm. so that's very distracting, right? You're doing stuff, you're doing tasks, you're 
you're getting uh, baths done, or jo- pajamas put on, teeth brushed, books read. You just you're you're doing tasks before dinner. You're getting dinner together, right? Mm-hmm. You're um, maybe the kids are, are watching a, a television program before dinner is done, or uh, my wife is usually not home yet from work, and so there's always a lot of things going on before and after. But during that particular time, there's no tasks being done, no dinner being made, no. Uh, cleaning having to be done. It's all, everything, our minds are all focused on each other. Yeah. And I think kids need that because in our world where mom and dad are both, most parents, most families, mom and dad are working outside the home. Um, they're not going to get a lot of opportunities in a day or a week mm-hmm. where they're sitting down and they have their parents' full attention. Yeah. Especially with the phones. Yeah. It just adds another layer because as we talk about with teenagers, yes, their lives are very much... Uh, consumed by their phones, but so are adults. I mean, yeah. you just go to go to a restaurant. Go to a restaurant one day and see what the parents are doing or what the couple's doing while they're waiting for the food. Mm-hmm. They're usually what right on their on phones. The phones. It's yeah. It's quite alarming mm-hmm. when you actually observe people because you realize, like, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever had this thought. You may have never had this observation, but it seems so like unhuman to just be so tied to this phone. Like almost like it's almost like. They're like um, brainwashed. It's like you get these kind of sci- sci-fi kind of thing. Like they're just getting these brainwaves just sucked yep. into their heads. Blah, yep. blah, blah, blah. And they have this person, like mm-hmm. this person that right. if they're married, that they walk down the aisle to, mm-hmm. right? That they said these vows to. Mm-hmm. But now that their marriage is to a point where like, they're more interested in what just scrolling on their phones mm-hmm. than it is like the actual person. It's really quite depressing mm-hmm. to watch that. So. Uh, beware if you do observe that, that you're like, well, what, what am I doing? Why well, I'm observing it. Am I on my phone? Am I really I have all these people around me that I love and who love me? And I'm actually wasting my time and my interaction with them by simply just scrolling nonsense. Yeah. Among other things, this recent, uh, movie that's become pretty popular called the social dilemma. Right. It's on the list that, of things to watch. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know enough about it. I haven't seen it yet, but I know enough about it, uh, that, and, and we've heard some of these things, but it, it basically goes to great length to, to show there is, uh, there has been an effort by these social media companies to, make uh, your brain yeah. as much as it can say, yeah. hey, you haven't checked this in a while. Why don't you check it again? Right. Hey, hey, isn't, don't you think probably something's happened on here? Right. Aren't you concerned that you're going to miss something if right. you don't check it out? Uh, that that You said that some people seem like they've been brainwashed. It looks like to a degree this is working on all of us. And all, all this just to say right now that uh, know that and begin to combat that in your life. Right. Know that you can't just trust some whim that might come into your heart like, hey, haven't checked that in a while. Why right. don't you check it right now? Right. Especially when, you, like you're saying, you have this opportunity. There's real people right real here. Real people right in front real of you. Real people. That image you, bearers of God. That machine is not an image bearer there you of God. Go. Say something. Say you know, something. Do, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. And I think our kids, like, they they feed off. Uh, and I think even as they're intellectually developing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Children are developing at a very fast pace intellectually. That they feed off your, mm-hmm. you know, feed, your gift, your, your your wisdom to them, your just content that you provide to them about life, mm-hmm. you know, like how you interact with other people, the stories that you've experienced either in that particular day or that week or throughout your past life or whatever you're looking for. Hey, by the way, in a few months, we're going to see your cousins and we're going to go snow skiing. Whoa, yeah. what? Yeah. You know, that type of stuff is yep. like stuff that they look forward to. Yeah. It gives them this impression that there's more to life than simply the phones that 
a lot of people are in, connected to. There's right. more to life. There's people that there's there's events to look forward to. There's mm-hmm. people that we're going to go see that they are excited to go see. Right? There's just a lot to life that um, mm-hmm. that children just kind of I think just feed off of. You know, I think it gives an another. Um like a milestone in our life, this uh, that that dinner time in particular, to know that no matter what happens in any given day, that this is something that's going to happen every right. day. Right. That if it was a day of high highs, you talk about that when you're all together mm-hmm. at that certain time. If it was a day of low lows, then you don't have to talk a whole lot, but you at right. least can share that with somebody at that time. And we need these milestones in our life. We need these kind of columns that hold up the roof yeah. in our life. Uh, to know that those are going to be there, that uh, it, whatever has happened through the day, there's going to be an opportunity to engage about right. it. And we need uh, us who often behave like, well, I can handle this. I've, I can figure it out. I've got this. We always need other people to bounce off and say, you know, how big a deal was this low, low, this, this thing that somebody said to me? Or how big a deal was this great thing that happened? Right. Is it uh, to share uh, and, and and to experience that together. So I'm I'm really, really glad to hear that that is happening. It's For me as a kid, it is something that uh, my family, uh, we typically did have dinner together. And I, the highlight, I can look back and uh, counted it as, as normal. Uh, totally now can look back and go that I took that for granted. But every Sunday, we actually had dinner at my uh, my mamaw and papaw's house. And now I look back as some of my favorite memories uh, of my entire childhood yeah. to know that that was going to happen with uh, my whole mom's side of the family every week. Yeah. Uh, and when that leaves you, boy, do you miss it? Yeah. Boy, do you miss Those it? Those constants in life are really helpful. Uh-huh. And I think they're essential for kids, you know, as you know, they can, they can be, it's almost like it helps them. Uh, as they grow up, know that as life becomes more complicated, there's always those constants, right. Mm-hmm. That never hardly ever change. Um, and I think that's so important. And I think even this article does not bring it up, but I know another positive of kind of the COVID uh, season has been uh, uh, families are eating, actually making dinner. Yeah. It's not, not going. There's one of the few things you can do. Yeah, you actually have to do like You have to go to the grocery <laughs> store. It's the one place that is open. You can get food. You can come home. You can make the food. So, you know, you have like young couples who are, who probably never were taught how to cook, have to learn how to cook sure. and come up with some recipes they can do. But there's something about making food yourself, mm-hmm. putting mm-hmm. it on the table and eating it together. There's something about that that is good and proper. Right. That um, while at times it's fun and, and great to go to the restaurant, but when that's such a hassle now, uh, and really picking up food and bringing it home is just not the same, right? right. It just seems right. Right. you're just eating out of a bag. It's just not the same. Uh, and I know this sounds so sentimental, but... You know, getting te- getting plates out of the cupboard, getting letting your kids set the table mm-hmm. like they get a task is mm-hmm. always ex- just good. They understand, hey, I know dad or mom's making the dinner, but we have a part to play as well to this whole dinner thing. Right. This seems like an important thing, uh, so we can chip in as well. What can I do? How can I help cook? That just creates a lot of positive, and I think it seems like teenagers and especially younger kids, like our age kids, like they're going to probably benefit a lot from this COVID season as they kind of, they understand what's going on. I know my seven-year-old understands what's going on in some ways, but you know, they, yeah, they can see mom and dad more. That's a positive to them. 
Um, but that, what's going to create them is a normal of, hey, it's normal for, for mom and dad to make dinner and for us to sit down and eat together. Like, yeah. That's a good normal for yeah. a lot of families are developing that good normal habit. Yeah, and one more thing about this. Um, for, for us as a family, uh, what has worked out the best? I read this in an article somewhere, uh, just that, that some families will have a Bible on, on hand there, and mm-hmm. when you finish dinner, it's a good time to be reading, uh, to read a chapter of the Bible or something. And so it's worked out very well for my family. Uh, we're going through first Samuel right now. We finish, uh, it's usually not a problem because, uh, my boys, uh, especially, uh, my older boy, he just takes a while to eat. And so sure. I can start like his dad. I, yes. <laughs> yeah. He came by and honest. And so, uh, I can go ahead and start reading, you know, and, and, uh, it's a great thing because we were having a hard time fitting in. Yeah, oh, I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think a lot of people do, but for us, we're all there. Yeah. You know, part of parenting is learning how to set boundaries, What yep. you know, how to give enough leeway, but then also how to say, like, so saying, hey, stay at the table. Yeah. It, yeah. it oh, works. Yeah. It works. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's it, it been another would be good nice, thing. Right, oh, right. goodness it's gracious. Give back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's worked well for us. Yeah. And, uh, another kind of encouraging thing yeah. there. But, I mean, uh, in addition, they say here, uh, more surprisingly, uh, she says, the share of teens reporting depression dropped from 27% in 2018 to 17% in the spring of 2020 when remote school was in session, although it edged up to 20% over over the summer. So we've seen uh, a decrease in depression among this sampled group. Um, and so we've been focusing really on this um, family issue that might account for this, but another just biological issue that she focuses on is more sleep. What did you make wow. of all that? Well, I, there's, a, there's a quote, and I think it's by, I think it's by D.A. Carson. I think it's like the, 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 best spiritual decision you can make in most days is getting enough sleep. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think, you know, that is, a, I can tell from myself when I am grumpy, when I am more prone to uh, sin or to anger, anger is a sin, I'm not trying to distinguish the two, but uh, I'm more prone to, to sinfulness when I am tired. Mm-hmm. When I am, I am less, I'm, I'm less of a good person to be around when I'm sleep deprived. Right. Um, and, uh, and it just, my, I think, uh, my interactions with other people is better. My teaching when I'm teaching in ministry is always better when I get more sleep. Um, there's just so many positives of getting regular, uh, uninterrupted sleep that, uh, it's not surprising that teenagers who tend to stay up too late and have to get up early for school, that now that they, you know, so for a lot of teenagers, they don't have to get up at a certain time for school, that they can go to bed maybe at midnight or one o'clock and sleep until what, nine, 10 o'clock. And it's been more helpful. They've gotten more sleep. Right. And this, I think we often attribute this issue to uh, too much caffeine. Teenagers are taking too much caffeine. And, uh, and that, you know, Often teenagers do drink a lot of caffeine. I can remember being, you know, junior high age, and when I went to the gas station, uh, Jolt Cola, I'm going for it specifically because I knew there was more caffeine there than anybody. That's a throwback there. I don't believe Jolt Cola is in existence anymore. I've never heard of it. Um, (laughs) And 
that does happen that teenagers often do drink uh, caffeine on purpose. Energy drinks are obviously really popular now. But uh, this circadian rhythm, the, the fact that during adolescence the, uh, the body pushes to a later sleep cycle to stay up longer, but then the natural desire is to sleep in longer, leading right. to this very legendary uh, boys who will sleep in till noon oh, and yeah. girls too. But even yeah. now, I've, I talk to some young people and they'll wake up at 2 or 3 in the afternoon, you yeah. know, after staying up. It, it, it has kind of, con- the push has continued. Continued. They're, yeah. they're, they will in the summertime, man, you ought to talk to a teenager. They'll stay up till four or five in the morning. And then Playing obviously you're going to sleep till yeah. three in the yeah. afternoon. Right. Um, and so they're, they're still pushing that circadian rhythm. They're still, yeah. they're still pushing the boundaries like yeah. teenagers always do. Um, but, you know, this is good to hear as well, just that obviously since they're not having to figure out travel, if right. I, I was never a bus rider, but I know for a lot of people who have been needing to ride the bus in their life, ooh, you're going to have to be on that bus 536 in the morning. Time did you have to be at high school? Um, at high school, I remember I would wake up, um, I think at like 7.30, and I had to be at the high school by like 8.05. So our, I went to Kyerville, Kyerville High School, so like Collarville High mm-hmm. School in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Our school started at 7.15. Ooh, mm-mm. So no. I was on the cross-country and track team, and we, the distance team guys, we got together and we did like morning runs, mm-hmm. right? We did, uh, I think we did 5.30 runs. Wow. And so we did like, we would basically do two workouts a, a day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to go state, right? And this is like, all right, we have to run more, right? Mm-hmm. So we would do that. And I remember being so tired. Oh, yeah. School. Like, I would, oh, we had yeah. study hall and I would sleep <laughs> yeah. through study hall. Like, I was just like, ow. I mean, I never slept any better. And I'm like sitting at a desk yep. and it's gone. Yeah. We had classes, we had aisle at 215. But right. 7.50, and we, we were in high school, so we had homework. Mm-hmm. We would stay up till midnight doing homework, and then we'd be, like, half asleep going to school. Right. I think I had, like, a pre-calculus, I think my junior year, first period. Oh, goodness gracious. I mean, like, math, first period, right? And I, or, like, you stayed up too late and watched the, the World Series baseball game or something like that, like, because the game didn't go over until, like, midnight, you're like... You say I'm watching the Monday Night Football game or something like that. You get to bed at like midnight, and we're running on five hours of sleep at school, and you just—it's yep. not good. It's yep. Not healthy. Now you Especially had if you're, doing, uh, if you're doing other if you're in sports. I was doing two sports right a year. So you had a much more uh, serious experience with this uh, than I did. Usually in high school, I can specifically remember I never had watched Star Trek: The Next Generation until high school, and usually what I would do at ten o'clock, it would come on WGN or yeah, something, right, right. and I would lay down and wind down, and most of the time I would make it to the end of the episode, which yeah. happened it was over by eleven, um, but. I, some nights I would remember I'd, I'd have wind, wound down by 10.30, 10.45 and go to sleep. Um, and so I was probably averaging, you know, uh, seven, eight hours uh, most of high school and never uh, see. Uh, now you and I, uh, when it's when the weather is nice, do get up early and run. I would never have done that back yeah. then. I didn't know you had done that yeah. uh, back then because that was not my cup of tea yeah. back, th- back in that day. We, we had practice, I think, just about every day during the school year. So after class, at two, we had at 2.15, we had practice at 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Practice for what, an hour or two hours? I can't remember how long. Um, and we were on the cross-country team, so it's like we would run, what, 10 miles sometimes yeah. and stuff like that. So you take it, you know, an hour and a half maybe after stretching and stuff. So you're getting home at like maybe 5 o'clock, eating dinner, then doing your homework. Right. And then... Going to bed, but I'm like you. I was one needed to unwind, mm-hmm. so I would watch something. I don't mm-hmm. remember either Star Wars or I can't remember what I would watch. Or I would watch sports with my dad, and go to bed at 
God knows what time and wake it up, do that again, right? right? So that right. was kind of the uh, the the drill. And I think I worked as well at one year. I think I worked during all that too. So um, I don't know where where teenagers get sleep. You get you get it on Saturday. Yep. Stay up on Friday, maybe playing video games with your friends, then sleep till right. one o'clock, twelve thirty, whatever mm-hmm. on Saturday, and then stay up too late and then go to church Sunday morning, mm-hmm. half asleep as well. Yeah, you just gotta live in half a sleep right. world. Oh yeah, do the yeah. same in college. Yep, pretty much that's how your that's your normal routine is be half asleep most of the day and then catch up during the weekend. And so this it is really important uh, knowing that that is a really common teenage right. story till th- still to this day. A pretty that, normal kid. I mean that was my right. that was my history, yeah. That this accounts for some of teenage depression, anxiety right. that that we think we're kind of like um, cheating uh, this by sleeping less and you're just paying for it yeah. physiologically. You're paying right. for it by your emotional state being worse. Uh, and and that's true of adults too, but especially of teenagers who need more sleep. Uh, yeah. This is pretty commonly yeah. known at this point. Okay, that as you get older, you need less sleep. As you intellectually and physically, we need more sleep and we're getting less sleep. That's right. And so that's just something to know. And, and so her summary of the, those two things then is, is that this issue of needing sleep, and then she says parents help kids regulate emotions and handle conflict that the presence of parents promotes emotional security, the foundation of resilience, which is a very important uh, important emotional ability. Uh, when you feel down, being able to go, you know what? I'm not going to stay down. Right. I'll go ahead and give it another shot. And uh, resilience is really key, really important. Uh, and so those two things are huge and happening uh, more right now. More sleep, more time with Do parents. you find, like, within your discipleship of teenagers especially uh does this issue of sleep come up at all honestly it comes up all the time even with like young like when i say young adults i'm talking about 20 something year olds mm-hmm. mostly men and uh we'll talk and I, I most of the time i'll ask how much sleep are you getting hmm. oh i'm not getting much so you're struggling with pornography struggling with lust struggling with stress how much sleep are you getting not very much I'm right like, that's that's one thing you can actually control. Like yes. You control when you can go to bed, yes. and you know when you have to wake up. I understand you have to wake up at a certain time to go to work. I get that, but you can control when you go to bed. I mean, you're an adult. You, nobody's telling you turn out the lights. You mm-hmm. can control this. You're choosing to stay up too late, and now you're going throughout most of the week just stressed out because you've got work, right. and you've got some other sinful habits that bring you down as well. And it's like I'm. I think just going to bed. And getting like eight hours of sleep would probably be the the silver bullet. See, and this is a great <laughs> reminder for me because honestly, no, I haven't thought about this in a while because I've been swimming in this ocean for so long working yeah. with teenagers. I'm in my 20th year sure. of youth ministry that I I see this and I go, this is what all teenagers do. I mean, this yeah. is, it is so common because in a lot of ways we've given them this freedom and what they do is they go man i want to squeeze the life out of all these things that i can be involved 37 and i'll be old that's right i'll be be over (laughs) i mean if you want to talk about a common idea that teenagers have yes anything yes indeed which is another thing that i've accepted i mean believe me the best thing if you work with young people the best thing that you can do is to go look i'm old now and they look at me as a dinosaur and that's fine yeah that's just fine it is be what you are it's all good um but yeah so that is very very common um she you know and she she says obviously she hopes that these changes stay and are maintained and you know the thing that i can say 
for parents is that it's on us as parents to maintain these. Um, teenagers are, are just, again, trying to squeeze that life out of everything. And one thing that I do tell parents when they're, you know, something, some kind of big problem, some kind of threat to the relationship uh, is get away from your usual routine. Yeah. Um, go somewhere else. Yeah. Take your child out of town. Uh, I, I don't know if this is a thing, but if it's not, I, I think it should be a thing that if places uh, could be marked whether or not they have cell phone signal so that you could know some places you could go, that you could just go de facto. Yeah. There would be no signal. You don't even have to regulate the phone. Right. It's just gone. There's actually these, uh, if you can catch them, like uh, these different articles you'll read that there's these new kind of like uh, vacation um, experiences where it's like boredom is like the theme. <laughs> Really? Yeah, it's like giving like, people need boredom as a as a uh, as an escape from the chaotic, dramatic world that yeah. they are maybe attuned to, and so like to be a, to have a boring vacation or something like the boring in the meaning like you're just dis, you're unplugged, um, so you're not worried about what's going on in the world, you're not worried about what's going on with your whatever TV shows or whatever you you know do during the week. You're just completely unplugged from the mm-hmm. world. And so, therefore, you just kind of sit. Like, either you read a book or you just look outside. You yeah. just do something that just kind of is completely bore, boring. And I think there is a something. Maybe I don't know if it's a Gospel Coalition or someone had an article about, like, the importance of boredom. You know? Sure. That boredom is, is good. Like, it's like, okay, I've got nothing I'm doing. I'm not occupied. My mind's not occupied on something. And we're so attuned to like having to fix that situation, but just let that go. Just like right. relax in the boredom and just give it like lean into it yeah. and enjoy it for a moment. Yeah. Soak it in. Right. And you know, we need these times in our life to slow down. I've heard for for years from various uh, young people that they don't know how to slow down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's true of a lot of us. I think we should note uh, one thing she says on this, which should be expected. Um, you have to keep in mind how social uh, research is done, sociological studies, is that they're measuring something very specific, which is depression rates. So just because depression has lessened does not mean that like happiness right. has increased. In fact, uh, teenagers did, in, in this group, in this sample size, did report higher levels of unhappiness and dissatisfaction with life. But if you think about that, that's not terribly surprising. Given that we're in a pandemic, you can't do a lot of the things that you enjoy, but that doesn't lessen the impact that they are managing their lives better. They feel, during a pandemic, they feel less overwhelmed by life. That's interesting. Yes, and Mm -hmm. and that's a big deal. That should tell us something that we are not, uh, that that young people, we are not training them to adequately gauge the struggles of life because this is a real threat, a real issue we're dealing with in COVID-19 and in the lockdowns that we've experienced. You know, look, this this is all real. It, it should cause a degree of anxiety because that anxiety in itself is not a bad thing. You just want to be able to gauge threats properly. Right. And so in, during this real threat, they have decreased in depression, uh, yes, their their happiness has not increased. It has, in fact, decreased as well. But what this tells us is if we manage this better, if we help teenagers to have uh, 
solid relationships, we spend the right time uh, with them, that we can help uh, those that we love, the young people that we love who are uh, growing into the adults that they ought to be, they can manage better. Um, and so this this is some good news about what has been going on. Uh, I'm sure it's hard to get this research because it's not easy to get a hold of anybody right now. Um, but I, I am very appreciative of the work that uh, Erica, Erica Commissar has done here in letting us know uh, about this because it, it tells us in, in hard data, you know, look, guys, we do need to slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. We, we need to make sure in our rush to do all the things that we're doing that we have these supports and these columns of support to hold up our lives uh, because otherwise that, that, that weight can get to be too much for us. Yeah, the only thing I, the, about the article that I had a kind of a question mark with is the kind of the, it's, how you're towards the end of your, your bullet points here, but her hopes that that, that kind of flexible deadlines and elimination of standardized tasks for college acceptance would, would change because they're sources of teen anxiety. And it's like, well, you can't eliminate all sources of teen anxiety. I agree. I mean, there's a sense where you have to, there's, there's certain, um, there's certain things you have to do to qualify and to obtain credit, credibility or credentials for right. college or jobs and things like that. Uh, and that's just the path you have to take. Right? right. And I think there's maybe an over, uh, change here by saying, well, see some positives and, and therefore, let's get rid of standardized testing to get into colleges. And sure, I mean, that's getting rid of standardized tests. If colleges decide that that's not a good way of determining who are who are the right students for the school, that's fine. I mean, it's right. up to them. Who cares? I mean, but um, I think there's this, you could overcompensate and say, okay, let's get rid of all sources of anxiety. Well, you can't do that. Right. You still have and to take tests. You still have to, like, write a paper. You still have to do work. Right. And that's if that creates anxiety, well— Welcome to the world, right? right? And I I read that and I thought the exact same yeah. thing just in that, you know, look, um, well, first of all, the term flexible deadline is kind of an oxymoron. It is a little bit. Either it's a, <laughs> either the line is dead right. or it's alive. Right. Um, and have you ever asked for a uh, change in deadline? For I paper? have not, but Neither you know, <laughs> as a, as a, here's the thing for those of us who tend to put off work and deadlines are the thing that gives vibrancy and life to those of us who put off work. It's like, well, look, I'm going to be inspired with air quotes uh, whenever the deadline is approaching because then I know it's crunch time. I need need to get on this. So no, movable deadlines are not good for me. In fact, because I will go, you know, I don't know if that deadline's even there. It might be further out when, in which case I could just relax. It's great for for us (laughs) as pastors who like, who actually preach every Sunday, like, the deadline is the same That's right. every week. That's right. There's no, you know, guys had a tough week. Uh, kids were just unmanageable. Need that deadline pushed back. Can we maybe do church three hours later? Right. right. That's not happening. No. And, and, and <laughs> that is a facet of happening. reality. That is right. a absolute, the nature of reality is when it's time to do the work, that's when you need to do the to work. Do the you work. don't. You should yeah. not go like, man. You know, this really doesn't fit into my feeling at the right. moment. Uh, reality has that sort of um, solid quality to yeah. it that I think is good for us. Yeah. And so I, I thought <laughs> the same thing. I, I think kind of one way to summarize this, uh, I've thought a lot about, and I've actually asked quite a few uh, young people of different ages. You know, what do you think is going on? What do you think is, is has been uh, the cause of a lot of this increased stress? And, and I think the easiest way to summarize it is that the rat race has 
gotten broader. It's everywhere. I mean, uh, people talk about how on social media um, you're seeing all what all everybody else is doing, and are they doing better than me? And yes, the rat race is is kind of increased in its ways. It's infiltrating into our lives, um, but the solution is not to go. Well, maybe the rat race isn't there. Right. No, the rat race is there. It's we there, yeah. do just need sometimes in the waxing and waning of life to go, there's a time to work yeah. and there's a time to rest. Right, sure. And we find that rhythm. Finding our rhythm, I think, is something that's been a struggle for a mm-hmm. lot of us. And this has forced us yeah. to find a rhythm. And I think you know, sleep is, going back to sleep, because I think that mm-hmm. is the, uh, I remember reading uh, C.J. Mahaney's book on humility, and he says sleep is like the, the great, the great illustration of our dependence, right? We have to yep. we yep. have to stop the work. We have to close our eyes. We have to lay our head on a bed, meaning we have to rest and be dependent on the bed to, to withhold us, that we don't mm-hmm. just literally fall and hit the ground. Right. Like we, and we basically don't, we have to turn our brains off, mm-hmm. right? You can't sleep while also working at the same time. Like you, It is the one illustration, it's the one thing we do every day, and a large part of our day, eight mm-hmm. hours, if what we're... Right. You know, supposed or recommended to, to sleep, where we're de- we're it's a it's a it's an it's time of dependency, mm-hmm. um, and we're 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 resting in the sense that I know that I don't have to work right now. The world's not my world's not going to fall apart when I close my eyes, mm-hmm. and I think the the reason why you know, uh, especially uh, parents struggle with sleep and you know teenagers struggle with sleep is. For teenagers, maybe it's like I don't want to miss out on life. I want to do one more hour of of experience. Either it's playing a video game or talking to someone right. through through social media or hanging out with friends. Uh, you know, whatever you're doing, um, there's always another hour of life to to gain. And sleeping is basically sacrificing that mm-hmm. hour that you could have, you know, you could have used. Or for for an, for an adult, especially for men, it's another hour of work. It's another hour of thinking. It's another mm-hmm. hour of scheming and mm-hmm. planning. So I'll stay up for another hour. Of, I'll read for another hour because there's more information I can gain that one hour that I didn't have before. And right. so if I go to sleep, I'm cutting my brain off. I'm cutting the scheming. I'm cutting the thinking. And I'm laying my head down and saying, I'm done for the day. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do that. Yep. you know. And I think sleeping, it all comes back to the point of, am I dependent on God to hold me up? Yep. Am I dependent on God to provide for me and my family? Am I, am I uh, dependent on God to protect me? I love that passage. I can't remember the psalm where, where uh, David says, and I guess it's going back to his history of when Saul was trying to kill him, mm-hmm. where he says like he goes to sleep knowing that God will protect him, right? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, in his mindset, it's like, if I sleep, I could have my throat cut mm-hmm. while I'm sleeping, right. which is a high probable That's thing. Right. That's right. But yet he rests in the fact that he was anointed by God, that he's going to be king, um, and he just has to wait on God's timing. Mm-hmm. But yet he's going to go to sleep with the mindset that I could, I could get my throat cut. Right. But I'm going to go to sleep knowing and trusting in the promise of God. I mean, what a great illustration Absolutely. of dependence. Yep. Sleeping, a simple thing, is, is basically us saying, I can't do anymore. Uh, I can't get another uh, another hour of experience or whatever joy this is providing for me. I'm just going to stop and I'm going to rest and be dependent on God that I'll wake up the next day and, and actually get to work again or get to experience more of God's earth again. Right. Yeah. Sleep is important. It is. Get it's a big deal. Yeah. So Go to sleep, everyone. Go to sleep. There's a <laughs> theological uh, argument for sleep. That's right. There you go. That's right. <laughs> So. All right, we've been between two pines here. Yeah, and uh, Teddy is like crying his 
his little heart out. Oh, yeah, so, so let's go see about him. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but hey, man, it's all for the for the cost. It's all for the project. There you it's go. It's all for the the podcast. Mister Mister Teddy is a part of this as well, <laughs> even if he's passively and very angrily a part of this. There you go. <laughs> he's done sleeping. He's done sleeping. So yeah, this has been Empires of the Future. Yes, and we will see you in the future. 